Lyman Appreciation Day is, is just bigger than a day. I mean, every day we access electricity with our cell phones, our house, our cars uh, that are now being charged by electricity. And these men and women go out every day and lay their lives down on the line to make sure that we have air conditioning and, and uh, nice things in our life that make it easy. And, and, they, and they do that day in and day out, which is really cool for us to have a day to say thank you. Welcome to Electric Perspectives, a podcast that explores how America's electric companies are working to deliver the reliable, affordable, secure, and clean energy that powers our economy and our everyday lives. The show is brought to you by EEI, the Edison Electric Institute, which represents all U.S. investor-owned electric companies. I'm your host, Brian Real. Line workers maintain enhance the energy grid, and play a critical role in delivering America's resilient clean energy future. They also work around the clock and in dangerous conditions, following extreme weather events to ensure that the customers and the communities they serve have access to safe and reliable electricity. On July 10th, we will join the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers and the National Electrical Contractors Association in celebrating National Line Workers Appreciation Day to honor these dedicated workers. On today's episode, IBEW Local 47 Business Manager Colin Lavin will discuss why we celebrate this day on July 10th, union efforts to make California the first state to recognize National Line Worker Appreciation Day, and how safety measures for line workers have been enhanced over the years. Then, we will talk to Southern California Edison Senior Vice President of Transmission and Distribution Heather Rivard about how SCE celebrates the day and her role in working with field crews, including line workers to modernize and operate SCE's energy grid. Let's get started. Colin, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today about National Land Work Appreciation Day. Definitely appreciate being on. To start off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what your day-to-day work looks like as a business manager for IBEW Local 47 and also where where you're based out of? Uh, sure. Yeah, we're, we're based out of uh, Southern California. Our main office is in the city of Diamond Bar and our construction office is in the city of uh, Riverside. So we have two separate offices um, that I work in between. And daily life as a business manager is quite hectic uh, between the various employers, um, public, private contractors, and the members themselves. It keeps me pretty busy throughout the day. And what inspired you to become a journeyman wireman and to get involved with the IBEW? And really, what was your process in becoming a wireman? Sure. I um, you know, followed my dad around as a kid. Well, he did side jobs and just became really interested in the construction field itself. And as I got older and graduated high school, found myself applying um, to an inside apprenticeship and, you know, getting involved from there and working my way up uh, throughout the trade in Southern California and eventually being offered a job on staff to work under my father for a number of years. And here recently, uh, two years ago, was appointed to the business manager role, and I'm now actively in an, uh, in an election where they count tomorrow. So real big stuff going on. Got it. And for the process of becoming a wireman, what does that look like for somebody who might be interested in pursuing that work and just what the training involved includes? Sure. So very similar to the, the outside line or the lineman apprenticeship. This is a wireman apprenticeship, a little bit longer. I think they're five years now. And you would apply at their apprenticeship and be interviewed by a panel of, you know, contractors and union personnel and be rated. 
And if they um, rate you high enough, then you get accepted. And from there, you, our program was at night. So we did night school through one of the community colleges. Uh, two nights a week, we followed a college-type schedule, uh, holidays off, you know, regular holidays off, stuff like that. Um, and then you journey out and go join the rest of the world and really start learning how to work outside of school. And I imagine a lot of that training probably also included just all the safety measures that, that are a key part of the job. Right. I mean, safety, no matter what side of the ball you're on, inside or outside, um, is very important day of our you know work in our lives. We want to go home and see our family. So that's, that's huge. And you mentioned following in your father's footsteps a bit. And as I understand it, he was also a, a local 47 business manager and financial secretary. Um, I imagine that influenced your career plans, but were there any maybe lessons that you learned from him along the way or, or any anything that really imparted you, uh, he imparted on you to step up into this role? Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. Um, learning from my father, that's a tough road. I mean, for any of us as fathers trying to teach your kids, kids don't always listen. Um, but over time, I've found my father to really be knowledgeable and understand uh, being a journeyman and the role of being a leader. And I kind of took to that and gravitated to that, uh, which I've been having a great time with that. And you know, trying to follow in his footsteps the best I can. So National Line Worker Appreciation Day is going to be coming up in just a few days here. So we recognize that on July 10th, and we celebrate that particular day to recognize Henry Miller, who was the first president of IBW. Uh, can you tell us anything more about Henry's legacy and really the significance of this, this date being observed? Yeah, I mean, Henry, to me, as a member, is just a prolific leader that helped organized the IBEW from several other unions into one great brotherhood and really laid his life down for the growth of the brotherhood. And, and we see that in history, right? He had a fatality on the job from working. And the Lyman Appreciation Day is just is part of that and signifying with a, a special day that's based on his, I guess, fatality date is really important, I think, to the whole trade. EEI and our member companies also work closely with our partners in labor to make sure that we have opportunities to bring line workers and, and business managers here to Washington to meet with members of Congress to really discuss all the tremendous work they're doing. There's truly been a lot of incredible funding with the bipartisan infrastructure law, with the new clean energy tax credits and the Inflation Reduction Act that really is translating into a lot of really exciting work to fund and build new clean energy infrastructure and, and really to help harden the energy grid and to incorporate new sources of generation. And it's really tremendous when we we are able to bring the folks on the front lines doing that work to really connect with the policymakers. And as I understand it, Colin, California actually was the first state to designate July 10th National Line Worker Appreciation Day. So could you share a little bit about what went into that? Well, yeah, and it's, it's kind of neat uh, being at the epicenter of that day. Uh, Representative Linda Sanchez, who's been a longtime labor supporter and friend of the IBW, specifically 47, helped um, write that uh, and move it forward and has every year since then, um, which is fantastic for us and putting a spotlight on the line trade. Lyman Appreciation Day is, is just bigger than a day. I mean, every day we access electricity with our cell phones, our house, our cars. Uh, that are now being charged by electricity. And these men and women go out every day and lay their lives down on the line to make sure that we have air conditioning and, and uh, nice things in our life that make it easy. And they, and they do that day in and day out, which is really cool for us to have a day to say thank you. 
And are there kind of programming activities you do at the local level? And, and I imagine it's a bit of a way to get the next generation of line workers a little more aware and excited about the, just the, the tremendous job prospects. Yeah, over the years, we team up with different employers and come out just to kind of have a safety stand down for that day and talk about different, you know, jobs going on or different problems that we see to bring awareness to it. It's kind of neat to see. What sort of advice might you have for for folks who are interested in learning more? What's a good way to learn more about potentially uh, applying to become a line worker or, or uh, a wireman? Yeah, I mean, you can Google IBW.org in a broader sense, depending on where you're at all over the country. And the national IBW can help get you connected to a local area or even look up the JATC programs that are various around the country. I think there's eight or nine of them for the outside line. And then internally at any uh, utility, if you can get hired at a utility, um, most all of them have their own line programs or apprenticeship programs internal. And at EEI now, we're celebrating our trade association's 90th anniversary. And, and we know for those 90 years and really since the start of the industry, we've just been so dependent on line workers for the electricity that powers our society. I mean, it, it drove a revolution in the early 1900s. And we're kind of seeing it today, like you said, with charging electric vehicles and just so many other applications for electricity. And the story of Henry Miller really illustrates just how critical our, our frontline workforce is and just the importance of the work they do, the fact that they need to work safely and sometimes really, really challenging conditions. From what you've heard from your father, from what you personally experienced, how have you seen the safety side kind of evolve and change for line workers over the years? Yeah, that's uh, that's a big observation. I mean, the safety equipment and rules that have been created over time has really been created from accidents that have happened in the past. I um, mean, our our construction safety book is called a red book for a reason, because in our opinion, it was written in red um, to get us there. The biggest advice I give to the young crowd or the newer guys coming up is to read those books and pay attention. I think our generations, as we move on, forget the accidents that we've had and the fatalities that we've had and really lose touch with why we have safety rules to start with. And those are important lessons that we need to keep learning or history will repeat itself. And there's a lot of focus and, and really pride in doing a good job, of course. And how is IBW's Code of Excellence really helped to, to guide that effort and, and also knowing that doing things right probably also means that you're doing them safely? Uh, definitely. The, the Code of Excellence to me is a huge program for the IBW to participate in with our employers and our members, really bringing forward um, you know, policies and rules for us to abide by right? Eight hours of hard work for eight hours of pay. Um, we're there to do the job right the first time and safe. Um, it's huge for our trade. Well, thank you for spending some time with us today to chat and, and really just for the work you're doing every day to just help make sure that we have the best trained, highly skilled workforce that we need. I, I know a lot of member companies, including those that your members work with, have some pretty bold visions for for what they want the grid and really the energy sector to look like in the future. And, and you all are there helping make that a reality for us and our customers. Definitely. No, we appreciate the time. We're going to keep up the hard work and keep it safe. Uh, you know, keep your work in front of you and work your plan. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Next up, EEI Executive Director of External Affairs, Christine Telford, joins SCE Senior Vice President of Transmission and Distribution, Heather Rivard, to learn more about her and her crew's work to safely deliver electricity to customers 
and their work to enhance the resilience and reliability of the energy grid. Heather also will be able to tell us a little bit about how SCE is celebrating National Line Worker Appreciation Day this year. I'll turn it over to you, Christine. It's great to meet you, Heather. Uh, welcome to the show today. Thanks, and thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So first, I really want to commend you for the important work that you do to ensure that electricity is reliably delivered to customers in SCE's 50,000 square mile service territory. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk to us about National Line Worker Appreciation Day. But before we talk about that, I thought it would be helpful for listeners to know more about you and your role. From what I've read, you're responsible for the operation, maintenance, and modernization of SCE's energy grid. Can you tell us what brought you into this type of work in the energy industry? Yeah, I'll start with your first question about a little bit more about me and, and my role. I have an education in engineering, actually started in the aerospace industry, um, and also an MBA, both from the University of Michigan. And I've been in the utility industry for 30 years as of next week. And so pretty much my entire career has been here in the utility industry. And a large part of it was working for another utility back out east. And now I've been at Southern California Edison for almost two years now. And as you mentioned in my role, I am responsible for the operation, maintenance, and modernization of SCE's electric grid, which covers 50,000 square miles in Southern California. We are fortunate enough to serve more than 15 million customers across our area. Great. And what does your role look like on a typical day? And how do you work with line workers in the field to perform this type of work? Yeah. When people have asked me that before, in terms of what does a typical day look like, I always have to chuckle a little because there really isn't a typical day. Every day is different in some way. I'll highlight what are my best days, which are days where I am able to go into the field. And I try to do this regularly, weekly, uh, get out into the field and interact with line workers that are keeping the power flowing, modernizing the grid, doing new construction. And I get out there and I enjoy going out there and I feel it's a very important part of my role because I feel that my job is to hear what things are getting in their way and to help remove any of those obstacles so that they can work as safely as possible, but also as efficiently as possible and with little frustration as possible. You know, sometimes there are process challenges or material challenges, and that can not only slow them down, but also can lead to dissatisfaction on the job. And so I think part of my role is to uh, help eliminate those things as well. And the best way to figure out where the problems are is to go ask, you know, the people that are doing the work and they have all those answers. Absolutely. Totally agree. They're really at the front lines of everything day to day. How does SCE plan to celebrate National Line Worker Appreciation Day this year? So we have several different things that are going on throughout the whole week, starting on July 10th. A lot of internal communications and thank yous and also external recognition and acknowledgement of our line workers. We try to show our appreciation for our employees and our line workers as much as we can throughout the year, not just limited to line worker appreciation day or not just limited to that week. Some of the things that we do besides activities during line worker appreciation day is 
we just got done or actually are about halfway done with having safety fairs and safety family days, if you will, at all of our locations across our territory. And that's something that we just brought back this year where we give employees an opportunity to meet each other's families, to talk about safety, to learn more about safety, and to spend the day together and to acknowledge the work that they do every day in the field. And I've been able to attend some of these safety family days myself, and it really has been a great experience and very much appreciated by all of those in attendance, including the families of of our line workers. We also just had a SCE company-wide family picnic and Part of that picnic was also the lineman's rodeo that we sponsor. And so that's a way for us to give folks a chance to show the type of work that they do to the rest of us firsthand. And also, again, to interact with each other's families. That's great. And I'm so glad you touched on the safety fairs because, you know, line workers truly have one of the most dangerous jobs in the country. How ingrained is safety in the workplace culture at SCE? And how do you and your crews prepare to make sure they can perform the job as safely as possible? Safety is our number one value at SCE. I often make sure that we use the word value as opposed to priority, because if you say it's a priority, it implies that it can be traded off against other things, whereas values uh, to me cannot be traded off. And so safety is our number one value and foundational to everything that we do and the way that we do work every day. And we work really hard to make sure that everyone in our company and all of the line workers understand that their safety and the safety of the public comes before any other metric or objective that we have. And that also, along with that, they have the power to stop any job at any time if they believe that there is something not right with the job or a, a question, even just a question about the job and, and needing more clarity on how to proceed safely or if something has changed in the job, um, needing to re tailboard. So we're working really hard to make sure that people understand safety is a value and always as such needs to come first. Amazing. That's great. And, and, and part of keeping reliable service is really preparing critical electrical infrastructure for the impacts of climate change and other threats. In addition to maintenance work and restoration work, what kinds of resilience and modernization projects are your crews working on? Yeah. So as you can imagine, I'm sure you've heard California has a sizable electrification need and goals ahead of us to meet our ambitious clean energy goals in the state and goals that we've set for our company. And we're going to need highly skilled line workers, which we already have, but we're going to need a lot more of them, as do a lot of other utilities. In fact, According to labor statistics, the demand for line workers is expected to rise by eight and a half percent just in the next few years. And to me, having been in the industry for 30 years and knowing what is going on in the industry, that's that number seems extremely underestimated given how much work is going on in the grid. And to your question about what else are we doing besides just the maintenance work and the restoration work with our climate change goals and the need to combat climate change, 
and push more electrification, we are doing a lot of work to modernize the grid. And so when we go out to upgrade part of the grid, for example, it isn't simply just putting a newer version of what was there before in its place. When something maybe is aged, we're not just putting in a new version, we're putting in a more modern, higher technology version of the equipment, which then helps us improve reliability for our customers, including reduced outages, but also when an outage does happen, it enables us to restore that outage much quicker. And so putting more technology on the grid is a large part of what we're doing. Another large part, of course, is the work that we've been doing around wildfire safety um, and improving public safety related to the wildfire risk. And we've installed more than 4,500 line miles of what we call insulated wire. We've done an extreme amount of vegetation management over the last several years. And now we have, as a result, reduced the probability of catastrophic wildfires that would be associated with our equipment by about 75 to 80% just in the last uh, five years. That's great. And thank you for touching on really that kind of that workforce aspect and kind of the need for, you know, a a really robust workforce as as California addresses these electrification challenges going into the future. I know SCE provides line worker scholarships that can be really life-changing for folks who want to enter a fulfilling career field. What advice would you give to the next generation workforce on succeeding in this industry? Yes. Thanks for uh, mentioning the, the line worker scholarship program. Being newer to the company, I wasn't here when SCE first implemented the program, but it's a program that I'm very proud of. And we just recently announced the recipients of our 2023 Edison International Line Worker Scholarship Program. And the program is funded by Edison International shareholders and also the local IBEW, which is Local 47. And it's designed to bring line workers in to help power all the work that we're going to need to do that we were talking about a minute ago. But it's also designed to bring more diversity into the workforce. And so it's a program targeted at providing scholarships and awards up to $25,000 to the recipients to help get them started into the field of becoming a line worker. And the advice I would give not only for these recipients, but also for anyone entering the industry is that it really is an exciting time. There's that old analogy where people talk about building a brick wall versus the person who sees the bigger picture and they aren't just building a brick wall, but instead they're building a house or they're building a cathedral. And to me, as a line worker, that's what I would recommend that people keep in mind is it's it's not just about that one job that you're doing today. It's about what you're creating for the future not only here in California, but across the United States to help electrify our society even more than it already is. And as part of that, really change the world and combat climate change. And so to remember that you're part of a much bigger picture and a much bigger vision than just maybe that one job that you're working on. The other advice I would give them is, of course, to keep themselves and the people that they're working with safe and to keep that at the front of their mind at all times, uh, to always be on constant alert of what could go wrong here and also look at what could go wrong that may impact someone you're working with, not just yourself directly. And then of course, um, continuing to 
work hard, which all of our line workers work so hard every day to serve our customers and to protect the public through all the work that they do. And just to be part of that team and and to be a contributor to that broader cause is something to be very proud of. Thank you. Well, great. I think that's great advice and a kind of a great way to close out our conversation today. Thank you, Heather, again, for joining us um, to talk about SCE and, and Line Worker Appreciation Day. Thank you so much for having me. And that's our show for today. Thank you for listening and come back next week to hear more from experts and industry leaders who are talking about the innovative ways electric companies are building a cleaner, smarter, stronger energy future for the customers and communities they serve. You can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Podbeam, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Electric Perspectives. I'm your host, Brian Real. Thanks for listening.